not, we'll be in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I, uh, I, I love the word. And uh, I, I tell you, the more you dig into God's word, the more you realize how much is in here. And the amazing part is it's only this big. You know, that I keep, I've been thinking about that lately. You know, uh, there are some books that or some things that come in volumes, you know, there's, there's book after book after book after book, and, uh, uh, and then you read, if you're a, even able to read them all, you get to the end, and it still has more uh, that's missing and everything else, but I'm glad God's Word, uh, in just this small package, you know, has so much in it, uh, it's life-giving, and it's a blessing, but Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 12, uh, so Colossians 3.12 says this, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which uh, also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Lord, we thank you once again for being able to get in your word. And Lord, tonight I pray that you would use me uh, in this time that's left, Lord, that you'd fill me with the unction. Lord, uh, help us to really get into your word and to understand it and to apply it to our lives. Lord, we thank you for all things. And in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. amen. So the beginning of chapter 3 of Colossians, Paul is talking about the life of a Christian person so right after they're saved you know this new life uh, and you know the bible uses different phrases uh, you know at some places it says you're a new creature in christ or born again or or new life but in verse 10 of colossians chapter 3 he says put on the new man uh, again it's another way to explain the same thing uh, that new birth that we have and the verse before says ye have put off the old man with his deeds aren't you glad that that when you were saved, you put off the old man and you put on the new. And that's a blessing. Uh, uh, I'm glad God did that. that. That's one of the amazing blessings we have uh, of being a Christian is a total new start. I mean, this world, if they would just realize what that really means, I think many more would come to Christ because so many people are living with a lifetime of regret. They're living with all these things they wish they could change. But aren't you glad that God gave us a new New start. We didn't deserve a new start, but he gave us that in his mercy and his grace. So I'm thankful for that. We didn't just get a better life. We got a whole new life in Jesus Christ. Uh, a new birth. The old man uh, is dead and buried. Remember, we're just like baptism signifies, we were buried with him. Uh, but aren't you glad? Just like Jesus, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, and that's that new life. So I'm thankful for that. But that's kind of what he's talking about, the new life in this chapter. And by the time he gets to verse 12, <clears throat> 
We see this, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And he's talking about some characteristics, right? If we're born again, if we put on the new man, if we're uh, a new creature in Jesus Christ, if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and working in us, these are some of the traits that will start to come out. Now, I, I will say one thing. When you're saved, you don't instantly become a mature Christian, right? And, and a lot of these things don't come instantly. Some of them uh, we have to work on a little harder than others, but they come in time. They come with uh, digging into the word. They come with prayer. They come with serving the Lord over time. Uh, but here's, these are the traits that should uh, really be happening but if you look at these traits, I think they're all in how we deal with others, right? Uh, when it's talking about merciful, kind, humble, meek, long-suffering, patient, forgiving others, this is how we interact, right? This is our character when we interact with others because we, we we're not to be living. Uh, some people would want to live in a compound away from anyone else. That's not what God called us to do. He said to go out in the world, uh, be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. But be not conformed to this world, but we got to tell this world and be the light because they need to hear Jesus Christ. So how do we interact? That's what he's saying. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. While we're living out this Christian life, while we're trying to do these attributes, these things that it says, how we treat people each and every day, one of the things we can't forget is charity, right? Love, and it's over and over again in the Bible. And that genuine love, I believe, doesn't have any strings attached. Amen. Uh, a lot of times you'll see in the Bible where God wants us to love others, even when we're not getting anything in return. You know, uh, you know, Elsie was talking about homeless people and some of the missionaries we've dealt with. There is no way they could repay us for the things that we've done. They don't have it. Right. Uh, but aren't you glad with that? No strings attached. No expecting anything return. That's when we're truly showing the love of Jesus Christ. Right. That that's how he loved us. He didn't love us with strings attached, right? Uh, I think about when he promised Abraham. Uh, he didn't promise with Abraham. Uh, Abraham fell asleep, and God made a promise with God uh, for Abraham, right? That's, that's what he did for us as well. Because if there was strings attached, if there was uh, our end of the bargain that we'd have to keep, we would fail so quickly. The contract would be broken. Salvation would be done, and we'd be back to being hopeless again. But aren't you glad? that God loved us even though we didn't we had nothing to bring to him while we were yet sinners Christ died for us yeah. and you think about it there's that no strings attached he just did it because he loves us and this world doesn't have that amen this world will find love if it's in it they can only get love if they're giving out something right if they're paying for it or if they're, uh, you know, if they're doing something, that's the only way they can get anything in return. This world doesn't love anybody. This world wants your time. It wants your life. It wants your money. It wants everything. And it may give you a little bit in return, but then it'll leave you high and dry in the end. Yeah. That's this world. But when this world sees the genuine love of Jesus Christ, that's when it shows them there's something new. And the only way they can see it 
is how we treat other people. That's it. That's the only way. Because once they see it, then they'll want to hear it. Right? Some people try to say it without acting it out. It doesn't work that way. No. Everyone's skeptical today, and for good reason. Right? There's a lot of hypocrites out there, a lot of scammers, a lot of everything else. Uh, and this world's tired of it, and we're tired of it as well. If we're following the lead of Jesus Christ, he died for us out of a genuine love. Uh, we had nothing to give, and this is what the world needs. Verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I'm glad we've got the peace of God, aren't you? This world doesn't have any peace either. And I believe that's another way we can show the light and show the change in our life is when they see we have peace and a world with no peace. But look at the end. He says, and be ye thankful. You know, of course, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, and it's uh, one day a year that uh, uh, we have a holiday for giving thanks. But really, when it comes to the Bible, uh, there is no holiday. There's no one day of the week. In fact, in my Bible program on my computer, I typed in thanks, and then I did it so where the search was would give me not only thanks, but if it, the word kept going like Thanksgiving, it would capture them all. And thanks and Thanksgiving and everything else came back in a hundred verses in the Bible. A hundred. I mean, it's over and over again. Now, the most popular one, if I were to ask you, you'd probably say 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. But I think sometimes that one's hard because it's saying be thankful in everything. It's hard to do that. It's hard to think about that in our mind. But aren't you glad the Bible gives us some examples? Aren't you? I'm glad the Bible has real examples, real people in it. But I was looking through that list of 100, and something caught my eye. There were a handful of verses that I forgot in the New Testament where God told us to give thanks to him for each other. Right? Give thanks to God for each other. Paul did it, uh, I'm pulling, he did it a handful of times, but one of them is 1 Thessalonians 1-2. He says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. And that was to the church at Thessalonica. And the reason was he was only with them a short time before he had to go away. He, he didn't have years to plant the church and to get them to grow spiritually because of persecution. But when he heard reports of their faith and their example throughout the land, he was praising. He was thanking God for that, right? Because I believe that encouraged him and he was thanking God that they were still going. Ephesians, he said something similar. Ephesians 1.16, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul was thanking the Lord for the churches that were continuing in faith, right? Continuing uh, since he had left. And I, I was thinking about that. As we think about times of thanksgiving, you, you know, a lot of times we give thanks for the things that we have. Uh, we give thanks for our family. You know, we give thanks for, uh, you know, our church, different things like that. And those are all good things. But one of the things I was thinking of is who can we give thanks to God that's done something in our life spiritually, you know, was a, an example in our life. Maybe we're not around them anymore. Maybe we are. Uh, but not only giving thanks to God for them, but what did Paul always follow it up with? Praying for them. Yeah. 
So he gave thanks to them, but then he also prayed for them, right? Uh, I'm thankful uh, that that church is still, you know, you think about uh, Brother Brad down the road. I'm thankful that God is using him down there. I, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, I, I was looking at uh, Facebook, reminded me, I think it was about eight years ago, we had that flood in the basement. We, we couldn't use the basement. And, and tonight we went over to Brother Aaron's church, uh, New Testament. We had uh, church with them that night. And I thought, what a blessing that they're still preaching and teaching the word too. And then as we think about that, uh, I want to pray for them and say, Lord, keep them that way, right? Keep them going. And we can pray for one another just like Paul said. Praise God that they're still going. Here was part of his prayer, Ephesians 1:17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Lord, give them more grace, give them more wisdom, reveal yourself more to them so that, that will, they will continue to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Back to our passage in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In our thankfulness, we also need to keep growing. And one of the ways he says to grow is you dig in that word so that way you're dwelling in it, right? It's almost like that's where you're living is inside his word. You dig into that word and you apply it to your life. And I'm telling you what, you will change in a lot of different ways. The quickest I've ever grown in the Lord is the times I've been the most in his word and not just learning it, but saying, Lord, help me do it. Amen. Lord, help me apply it today. Lord, help me to do this that I've learned. But in that verse, it says admonishing one another. So right after teaching, it says an admonishing one another in verse 16. And I looked that up. It says it means to warn and gently reprove. And I thought about that. Admonishing one another. It comes late in this list. Right. When it started off, it said, hey, you need to treat people differently. Right. From verses 12 and 13, you need to use meekness and 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 long suffering and things like that. Verse 14, you need to love people. Right. You need to have charity. Uh, and then verse 15, let God rule in your hearts and be thankful. And then in verse 16, let the word of God uh, guide you and you dwell in that. And then once you've done all that and you've taught, then admonish. Right? Gently reprove. Sometimes I have seen people flip this list backwards. They will admonish before they have the right character themselves when they're dealing with other people. They will admonish before they're dwelling in the word richly. Right? They will admonish without the love and charity. And it does not work. I think a lot of times that's how uh, relationships have been broken. Probably even churches divided has been because of things like that. And sometimes they don't admonish, right? They have the critical spirit, which isn't a fruit of the spirit. Like a lemon, it's not a fruit of the spirit. But long-suffering, a word-filled attitude, forgiveness, and admonishing done in love, that will help one another grow. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't guarantee that you do it all the right way in the right order and give the right advice. Some people will not hear correction, right? They won't hear it, but that's okay. I mean, they, a lot of times it takes time, but eventually they will see. Sometimes people refuse correction. What do we call that? The biblical word is stubborn, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> but that's on them. 
But then look at verse 17, the, the closing of this section. And whatsoever you do, you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. This one's all-encompassing. No exceptions, no exclusions, nothing like that. He's saying everything you do in your lives, everything we say, everything that we do, all of it should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And aren't you glad that we are able to do things for him? Sometimes we forget that you're going into work. Uh, yes, you're working uh, uh, because they pay you to do that, but you're still a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are still there as a Christian person, and the Lord or in this world needs Christian people that are genuine, right? They need people that will be long-suffering and humble and a loving attitude, but also will admonish, right? Because we can't just love the world uh, into showing them that they're sinners. You have to give them some loving admonition as well. You've got to show them and say, hey, sin is real. But I'll tell you what's even more real is Jesus dying for sin. That's love. You guys talk about love, but here's real love. Amen. No strings attached. This world needs it. No exclusions. All that we do in our lives should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every moment that we live as a new creature, once we have put on this new life uh, because of Jesus Christ, uh, we are living it out. And every moment, every word that we say is a choice, right? Are we going to do this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we going to do it in our own name? Are we going to do it in someone else's name? And I'm glad that we can do it for Jesus. But here's the thing that old man loves to creep back in, doesn't he? He loves to get back out of the grave and try to get back in uh, and take over again. The flesh is still weak. And I, I'll tell you what, our minds, what do they like to do? They like to rationalize things. They like to talk it out when we know it's, it's pretty clear. It's black and white from God's word. Our minds try to find a little gray area or wiggle room or loophole. Uh, but I'm glad we can look right back to that new life and say, you know what? I'm not going back into the grave. I'm not going back in this dead life. Uh, I want to live for Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that even when we mess up, even when we do the wrong thing, even when we, we don't admonish, we sternly correct without love, aren't you glad that the Lord can still forgive us? He can still pick up the pieces. And you realize he can even still save after we've messed up on somebody. That's one of the blessings is when you realize, you know, there have been people that we have tried to witness the Lord for. And the first thing they'll tell you is the reason what bad thing happened to them at the hands of a church or a Christian or a pastor or something like that. But aren't you glad that even the grace of God can overcome that? I say, thank you, Lord. Otherwise, I would have ruined it for so many people. Amen. We would have done that. But aren't you glad we can say, you know what? I'll let you down. But there's one that will never let you down. And that's Jesus Christ. What a God. I'm telling you what. We can give thanks for one another. And we can give thanks to God. Because he put us together. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm telling you what. I uh, always, like I said, always at Thanksgiving, it's another reminder that he expects us to give thanks. And one of the sins, if you look at some of the different lists of sins, unthankfulness is in that list I don't want to be in that list I want to say thank you Lord and be genuinely thankful and I, I've realized in my life 
that the more thankful I am to the Lord genuinely, the less proud I am, the less I rely on myself, the more peace I have of God in my heart, yeah. and the better off everything is. Yeah. So thank you, Lord. 